Hello, and welcome to the Rhyme Report for Thursday, January 5th, 2023. This post is called hero with a thousand faces. It's a book report. And yes, that hero would be us. The hero is portrayed in art, literature, and mythology that's only because it's our story. Joseph Campbell's transcendent, triumphant book explores and elucidates this point. It's so richly adorned with wisdom profoundly illuminated ideas. I reread entire passages to get all of it, or just to savor the deliciousness of it again. If you would like some essential Joseph Campbell, I would suggest the PBS interview series with Bill Moyers available on YouTube, Joseph Campbell and the Power of Myth, link on the text edition. That program starts out with a quote from the hero with a thousand faces. We have not even to risk the adventure alone, for the heroes of all time have gone before us. The labyrinth is thoroughly known. We have only to follow the thread of the hero path. And where we have sought to find an abomination, we shall find a god. And where we have sought to slay another, we will slay ourselves. And where we have thought to travel outward, we shall come to the center of our own existence. And where we are thought to be alone, we shall be with all the world. Good stuff. I totally relate. Slaying the dragon, whether it be Gluttony, lust, avarice, I don't have much of this, sloth, or whatever. Finding the hero within and taking up the adventure. Following your own bliss. My daily bike rides are miniature adventures, out and back again. And in between, 
discovering the pearl of great price. The pearl at Broadway on the Riverwalk. It's a complex of stores and cafes and shops and a hotel. The Holy Grail, the cappuccino, and nymphs, the central courtyard with kids running around. The Elysian Fields, maybe the downtown, with all its enchantments. It makes sense to me and has meaning. The cars are monsters, damn them. The people I meet are pilgrims or innocent maidens or wise counselors with sage advice. The baristas. There are signs and portents. This foggy morning belongs to a fairy-infested field. This searing hot midsummer's day to the gates of Hades. This brilliant blue sky with a golden orb. A portal leading to some kind of heaven. I don't know how it happens, but my mind has been opened to these things. Actually, I do know how it happens. I had to walk through the dark night of the soul, the shadow of the valley of death, and all that shit. It hurts. But I came out with a profound appreciation for music and the ability to write. Something was opened inside of me and the creative energy has continued to flow unabated. This is the story of the hero's journey documented in Joseph Campbell's book in great detail and exciting diversity. It is proclaimed with the voice of one who has studied the old myths from all over the world and of all time. I haven't finished the book yet. That will take a while. But I have been transformed and transfixed by it. Buy it and read it for yourself if you are interested in such things. I found an awesome hardcover, like new, on Amazon for like seven ninety eight. He mentions modern-day dealers in myth, Freud and Jung, with their dream analysis and their psychoanalysis probing the subconscious, the hidden parts of our mind, for clues to our neurosis. Lord knows we have enough of that. This is, in fact, a major feature of our modern society. We don't believe in Ishtar and Ceres and 
Cyclops and the Minotaur, but we do go to the shrink to learn about our own stories that are portrayed in our own dreams. Adventures that happen while we are dead asleep, our head on the pillow. For a while, I was recording my dreams on voice recorder when I woke up so I could calibrate what was happening in my interior world. As it turns out, my dreams ranged from frightening nightmares and near-death experiences, for real, to being lost or late or confused in some state of anxiety, to these beautiful, ecstatic, joyous, and lovely little movies. <laughs> and it seems to have something to do with my lifestyle, what I've had to eat and drink. In fact, I have concluded that the little people, those trillions of tiny entities that inhabit the nether regions of my digestive system have a voice in how my dreams manifest. Check this out. There is a second brain that surrounds our entire digestive tract. 500 million neurons and it connects via the vagus nerve to the medulla obliganta at the base of our main brain. This is like the most primitive region of our entire brain. And the simplest organisms, bacteria and other microbes, are connected and talking to it? Yes. And they do this by influencing neuroendocrine cells in the walls of our gut, which then release neurotransmitters like serotonin that stimulate the vagus nerve. Check it out. I'm not kidding. The most primitive organisms are talking to the most primitive part of our brain. They're registering their discomfort or their well-being. That's what I think. But if they are actually able to influence my dreams, then how did they come up with the storylines? Little tiny microbes, how did they know? Yes, this was a mystery to me. But then I realized they don't. They just influence the primitive brain in some sort of primitive way, and our brain comes up with the elements of the dream. The narrative, the images, maybe even dialogue, from its rich and ancient storehouse of archetypes and archaic images and impulses. This is who we are. Quote, Very deep is the well of the past. 
should we not call it bottomless? The deeper we sound, the further down into the lower world of the past we probe and press. The more do we find that the earliest foundations of humanity, its history and culture, reveal themselves unfathomable." This is Thomas Mann and his 1,500-page, four-part novel, Joseph and His Brothers. Love that quote. And Campbell also quotes the Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, the Upanishads, and the Quran, among many others, in the exposition of his position. It's a literary tour de force and a comprehensive course in world literature. So much fun. Of course, I need my phone nearby to look up Osiris and Heraclitus and Maenads and Naiads and the powerful djinn, as in genie. But that's cool. I enjoy that. joy of discovering new things. This book is rich with that. He goes through the whole affair of the hero's journey, step by step. The departure, first off, that includes the call to adventure, meeting the mentor, the guide gaining the supernatural aid of some deity or other, the boon. Next part, the initiation, the trials and tribulations, the discoveries, the attainments, rescuing the princess or slaying the dragon or whatever it happens to be. And finally, the return home. Coming back, bringing the blessing, the wisdom gained, the golden fleece, the holy grail, the magic elixir, happiness, basically, back to bless the people. All these themes and sub-themes are woven and spun from stories, myths, found in various cultures and traditions. This is how it happens, and how it always has happened, and how it always will. With infinite variations, the same pattern holds true throughout the ages. We all go through it. I guess that's why I like this book. I could see myself in it. And I learned a lot. Courage there is, for dragons reside on the misty isle where the prize is found. Singleness of mind is possible, for distractions abound 
adaptations are many. Allies and accomplices can be found. Because we need help. We really do. And that's a beautiful thing, too.